And I was just like going, okay. So when the students started coming, walking to class, I didn't know if I was going to get rebuffed. I hadn't been on a college campus. If somebody's going to come up and stick their finger in my face, and when I said, would you like a Bible? And I was really kind of prepared for some confrontation from somebody. And you know what? Those kids were so polite, and they would if they declined one, that usually it was, no, I've, I've already got like three of those. Give that to somebody that needs one. And, uh, and, and it was just a wonderful experience. And I think we gave out, if I remember right, like 5,000 Bibles there in about two hours on the OSU campus. Well, probably a lot of those people already had a Bible. But you know what we find? Bruce and I are getting ready to start doing this. And I would welcome any of you that want to go with us. But uh, our, the Enid Camp is what we call ours locally here. Uh, it's all of Grant County, all of Garfield County, the northern half of Kingfisher County, and the eastern half of Alfalfa County is how our boundary is drawn up for our camp. And uh, so we, we contact all the public schools, the administrators, and ask if we can come in and give Bibles to the fifth graders. Well, we don't get to an Enid public schools, okay? But most of the rest of them that fall in that area still let us come into the classroom. Is that not amazing that where we live uh, here that let us actually walk into the classrooms and they'll stop the teacher and say, okay, the principal will say, here's people from the Gideons and they, they want to tell you a little bit about the Gideons and if, and so we tell them, if you want a scripture, uh, put your hand up. If you don't, that's fine. And so, you know, we, we have, we've had these membership dinners where we invite people to come and check us out and just see what we do. And uh, we try to tell them, we said, well, you're not signing up for a tour in Afghanistan. I mean, it's not, you, you're, you, you know, if you join, if you come to a meeting, I've missed the last three for basketball, we've had basketball, so they didn't kick me out, and I haven't been to a meeting. It might have been four, uh, last four meetings, but uh, we just need we need men and then the ones that wives want to uh, come. But you know what, Bruce and I'll find. And again, if you would if you would want to come with us, because we those membership dinners, uh, we get a few people will come. But I think from what our president was telling me just yesterday that they've kind of thinking now that. Let's just take them with us to a distribution and let them grab a Bible and hand it and get that joy that you get placing the Word of God in somebody's hand. Bruce could come up here and he could share those stories that we found, but, uh, and I'll just say the school, I, I, I don't know the kid's name, but up at Medford two years ago, we went in the fifth grade class, uh, Christy Kelly's class, and I don't hear very well anymore. I mean, really, I don't hear very well. And I heard this little soft voice when I was walking out the door. And, and I thought I heard a little girl say, Mr. And I wasn't sure, but I turned around and there was a little girl, fifth grade girl that we just handed a Bible to. And she has that Bible in her hand and she put that up her chest and she said, thank you. I've always wanted a Bible and I've never, I've never had my own Bible. And you'd think out here we live in the Bible Belt. I bet you guys in your house, I bet you could come up with 10 Bibles. Because you don't ever throw them away. I mean, you wear out an old one where the pages are falling out. You don't go throw a Bible in the trash. So you put it up on a shelf or in a drawer somewhere. 
So if, if you went home today, you guys could probably come up with 10. And isn't it amazing to think there's still families around here in Garfield and Grant County that a little kid by fifth grade had never held their own Bible in their hand. That was one of them that I remember. And then last year down at Covington, a little boy followed us. They were, we hit him right before lunch, and as we're walking out, they're, hit, they're just walking right behind us to the lunchroom, and a little fifth-grade boy told me the same thing. He said, thank you so much for the Bible. I've never had one of my own. And I mean, that just, I can't tell you how that made me feel, that I was the one that got to put the Word of God uh, in that child's hand. And uh, so anyway, we, we hand out about, uh, uh, let's see, I, I haven't done one of these for a while. We hand out about uh, 85 million Bibles a year. Is that not staggering around the world? And we're up now to uh, uh, 2.4 billion since we started, have handed those Bibles out. Let me pull this out here, though. That sounds pretty impressive. But let me find, uh, here we go. Here's the sheet. We need more people to hand them. And there's countries that don't have the resources. They're too poor. They've not been blessed like we have been in the United States and some other countries that are self-sufficient. So they're dependent upon people in the United States to give. And you guys will have a chance to give either directly here today or you you're going to get handed a bulletin that will tell you how to give. Uh, but um, anyway, they're just they're, – they're, there's a hunger for God's word. We don't see that in the United States so much, do we? I mean, we look, those people that are my age, we just see how the decline. I was born in 1953, and just see the difference today. And we warn our kids at Hillsdale Christian School all the time about the technology that could be used for such good, how Satan has used that just to turn kids away from God. And... Uh, so it's, it's a whole different world than I grew up in and probably some of y'all that are maybe are my age. And y'all have seen that where churches have closed in the last few years, churches that used to be open and active. And uh, it's just sad to see. Uh, but there is a hunger, and we hear this from the Gideons from other countries, there's a hunger for God's word in their countries. And what's uh, so cool to hear is even the uh, communist countries, uh, the, pe the people that hadn't heard the truth for years, and there's underground churches, and there's, there's a hunger for the word of God. And so anyway, that's what uh, I wanted to share with you is that uh, we're, we're all about getting those Bibles dis uh, distributed. These little pocket testaments that we hand out, and I'm sure the price has gone up a little bit. I haven't done one of these in a while, but even uh, just six months ago, uh, because of the volume that we print, these little pocket testament, a dollar twenty-five. Okay, can you imagine? For you give five dollars, it'll buy four of these that are going to go in somebody's hands somewhere around the world. Okay, five bucks. We'll give four New Testaments, and these include Psalms and Proverbs also. And then those Bibles that you all already, when uh, Pastor Bruin said, what do you mostly know about the Gideons? And that's what the kids in the fifth grade, when we go in there and say, have you ever heard of the Gideons? And they go, no. I said, how many of you have ever stayed in a motel? 
filled out all of them will raise their hand. I said, did you ever open that dresser drawer there by the bed and see in a Bible? And they go, oh, yeah. And we go, well, we're the group that places those. And so then they, it kind of makes a connection with them, and we, they go, oh, yeah, well, we, okay, so you guys are the ones that do that? Yeah. So that's mostly what we're known for, and we were still printing those because of the volume for five bucks. For a full-size Bible, five bucks would get you, uh, would purchase a Bible. And, and Norma brought this up, or Bruce did in Sunday school, but, uh, you know, some of these groups, I'm just always stunned uh, when you find out, you know, these charitable organizations that want you to give to them. And then you find out that only like 40% of every dollar that you give actually went to the ministry. And the other 60% went to pay people's salaries and pay the electric bill and, and all of this. And I just want to uh, say this to you all that, Gideon's, if you give a dollar, a dollar goes to uh, the printing and distribution of the of God's scripture, okay? Gideon's work, for, we work for free. And the dues that we pay, the annual dues pay the people that actually draw a salary. But every cent, and that's what made me feel real good about it to go share, is if I, oh, if I knew that uh, if you gave $10 and only $3 of that was going to actually go to print Bibles, I, I, I couldn't stand up here and do that. Okay, but 100% of what is given goes to the uh, printing and distribution of God's Word. You know, we were going around and restocking to every once in a while we'll go to the hotels in the Enid area. And you guys notice when you go down through Wacomus, they've got a little motel right there on the uh, west side of the road. We hadn't been there for a few years. And we pulled in there and that guy came running out. He goes, you guys finally came. He said, we've got four rooms that don't have Bibles in them. And he was just like frantic. And, and I said, okay, well, we, we're gonna take care of that. And he was, so, he was apologizing that he said, they stole the Bibles. <laughs> and, and I said, well, you know what really and I'm going to say this, most of the little kids left, and, uh, but up at Waukeda First Baptist Church, Kathy Laney, she goes around in her car and picks up little kids, and they sit on the front row. And usually when I, I go up there every year, and they're usually coloring or drawing, you, you, all you see is the top of their heads when you're up there talking. And so you don't know if they're listening or not. But one day I said, addressing what we were talking about, I said, you know, the Gideons are the only Christian organization that condones stealing. And boy, I mean, every one of them's head popped up. They, they heard that, and they're like, and I said, okay, now that you, now I know you're listening, let me qualify that. It's stealing Bibles out of motel rooms. If somebody wants one, we want them to have it, and we'll come and place another one in there because we just give them away anyway. So you guys, I, I, I know we're, uh, we're getting close here, but uh, I just want to thank your church for partner, uh, partnering with the Gideons and uh, allowing us to come in here. And this was such a, when Bruce called me and asked me if I could come and he gave me the date, this was five or six weeks ago. And I said, absolutely, I'm gonna put that on the calendar in ink and make sure that I'm there. Uh, because a lot of churches that used to partner with us for whatever reason, we have trouble getting in there and, and having a pastor 
like Pastor Bruin, just turn a whole service over to us. I mean, some churches we get five minutes to get up and speak, and sometimes we get we get to fill the pulpit when the pastor's gone or calls in sick the night before or something like that. But thank you for your church. We have I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but I've been in your church numerous times down on the fellowship hall end because we have our annual Christmas parties down there in your fellowship hall. This was the first time I've ever been down here on this end. And I'm just, I'm, uh, okay, this is, this is where I'm bringing our elders because we're getting ready to add. We, we've got, we're growing our church at Hillsdale and we need to add on bigger sanctuary. We're in a church that's over 100 years old and people have to go up and sit in a balcony. And uh, so we've talked about, this, this is what we need. I, I love this design. You know, the old churches were narrow and long. And so somebody sitting at the back may be a block away from the pulpit. That might be exaggerating a little bit. Okay. This is just, I mean, just everybody's just right here. And I love this uh, setup that you all have here. Um, okay. We're going to, uh, I just want you to see, we're going to play a video here and I'm going to step down and then whoever comes up and closes it. But I, I just want to thank you all again for letting us be here and your support of your church. Uh, and a lot of times we, we talk about stuff that's happening overseas, but I wanted to share more locally, like the Feed the Neighborhood that we hand out gobs of Bibles at those in this OSU distribution and uh, the, the public schools. So we're very active. If you come and join, if you would want to be a part of our deal, we'll find something for you to a place to go stand on a street corner or in a parking lot or whatever and uh, take these uh, the word of God out of the box and hand it to somebody. And every once in a while, you'll have somebody that will ask you, okay, well, tell me more about this. And so we're going to watch a video. Uh, and I would encourage you before we play this, if, if this doesn't move you, I don't know what would, but you can get on YouTube and just type in, Gideon testimonies or there's also a deal called Vimeo and there's a whole bunch of them on Vimeo but if you want some of those feel good stories about somebody stole the motel bible took it home and the Holy Spirit pointed them to a passage that just uh, pierced their heart uh, man there's a whole bunch of them on there and th that's, the, that's the feel that keeps me going I mean if we were doing something and we never saw the results, but we finally, you know, we'll know in heaven. I'm, I, I know somebody will come up in heaven and say, hey, you're the one that placed the word of God in my hand. And uh, that's going to be a wonderful moment. But just, uh, I think, if I remember right, this one I chose to play today, about 70 miles north of here, up in Kansas, okay, is where this guy went to high school. And he's a pastor today because of some Gideon was came to his high school and handed him a Bible when he was struggling and his life was a mess and you got to know that uh, Jesus Christ is the answer okay so I want I'll have a, I know they've got it they've already pulled it up and played it uh, and then uh, God bless you guys and thank you for allowing us to be here today and it's just been a pleasure to stand up here in this pulpit where I know that the word of God is proclaimed faithfully Sunday after Sunday. So thank you very much.
When I was 16 years old, I was leaving the parking lot of my high school in Clearwater, Kansas, a small rural town of about 1,500 people. And as I was exiting, there stood a Gideon, and he handed me this exact copy of God's Word on my way out. As I drove away, I was probably that typical teenager that many of you have stood before and placed a Bible in hands at times and thought to yourself, he'll never read it and he'll never do anything with it. And the honest truth is I had no intention whatsoever of ever reading it or ever doing anything with it. I was only 16, but my life had already begun to spiral out of control. I was deeply addicted to drugs and drug use was a normal part of my activities. By the time I was a senior in high school, it's fair to say. people hovering over me thinking to myself, how did your life get so out of control? But even then, I didn't pick this up. Somehow I graduated and continued to do the very thing that was bringing me down. I was selling drugs in a larger capacity, using needles on a regular basis, drinking to blackout stage at night, and there came a time when I was 20 years old, laying in bed after a series of events that had just a horrible evening. And I remember laying there, it was early in the morning and I couldn't go to sleep and I thought to myself, maybe you ought to just kill yourself. I had lost all respect for myself. I had concluded what most of the world had concluded long ago, and that was that this world would be better without people like me. And as I sat there and for the first time honestly contemplated killing myself, I cannot tell you why, but the thought occurred to me, what if hell is a real place? I had never been a believer. I had not believed in God. I had not believed in heaven or hell, but I thought, what if hell exists? And I knew if it did, that's where I was going to go. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prove that this isn't true. And four years after this was placed in my hands, I cannot tell you why I still had it. I cannot tell you how I kept it. But it was there. And I opened it up and I began to read and I just started at the front because I didn't know where else to start. And I only got to page 16 in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 where it says... Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I read that, and I thought that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because I fall into the category of everyone. And there are no stipulations on what you can ask. And though I had been in a lot of dangerous situations by this stage in my life, I had never prayed. And I knelt and prayed for the first time in my life. And I said, God, if you're even real, if you can even hear me, I'm giving you 30 days to show me yourself. Now, I knew the promise said that I had to seek and I had to knock. And so I tried to do everything that I thought 
you would do if you were seeking God, and I tried to quit doing bad things that supposedly sinners did, and I started going to church. I knew I couldn't claim I was seeking God and knocking if I wasn't going to church. The first two weeks, I didn't know where else to go but my hometown, and I, I went, and it was so cold. I was a convicted criminal by the time, and people in my town knew who I was. But I'll never forget the fact that I was truly seeking God and how rejected I felt at that time. And I decided I'd go somewhere where nobody knew me. And the, next, the third week, I went to a church and sat through service. And at the end of service, there was an old lady in her 70s. Her name was Nadine Ledbetter. And she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, Son, is this the first time you've ever been here? And I said, Yes, ma'am, it is. And she said, Would you come back? She didn't say anything about my clothing. I had on what was indicative of, of gangster clothing, the baggiest jeans I could find with letters running down the side and a, and a football shirt on and my hair down to my shoulders and a tongue ring in and an earring in. She said nothing about any of it. She just said, would you come back? And I remember leaving and thinking, that was odd. Did she not see how I look? But the first person to ever invite me to church was this 72-year-old lady. And I thought, I want to go back. So I went back the next week and I saw a man preach with passion I had never seen before. I could, for the first time in my life, I could tell without any question, this man believes this. You cannot preach with that passion if you don't believe it. And I wasn't ready to agree with him yet, but I was just moved by the fact I knew he believed this. And he walked by me when he was preaching, and the best way that I can describe what I saw in the twinkling of his eye was compassion and love and boldness and fire. And when I saw it, something moved in my soul, and I said to myself, I don't know what that man has, but I want it. And at that moment, it's the first time in my life I heard God speak. I had forgot that it had been nearly four weeks earlier when I had told God that I wanted him to show himself to me in 30 days. I had forgot really why I was there. But at that moment when I said, whatever that man has, I want it. I heard God speak. And here's what he said. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Him who seeks, he will find. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And I knelt and I prayed, and I didn't know the sinner's prayer. All I could say was, I'm sorry. And I said it over and over and over again. And I got up from that altar, a changed, born-again man who has never looked back, delivered immediately of drugs and alcohol. My life was changed in a moment. Since that time, God's called us into the full-time ministry. I pastor a church. We've seen many, many people who could stand and testify to the same life-changing power of Christ that I've experienced in our church. And this evening, I want to leave you with this. My life is a product 
of someone putting the written word of God in my hand, an older lady showing me the love of God and inviting me back to church, and a preacher preaching the word of God in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you that you're in an eternal business. The ministry of the Gideons is a ministry about souls. Not just changing the world as we know it and not just reaching the world for today, but changing time and eternity. I want to encourage you to never forget the power of God's word to work all by itself. In a moment in my life when I had no Christian parents and no Christian uncles or aunts and no Christian cousins and no Christian grandparents, and no Christian influence whatsoever in my life and nowhere to turn. Thank God that some Gideon stood on a street and put this in my hand as I was driving by at 16 years old. The power of God's word and the power of God's love is enough to get the job done. It bridges all gaps in all ages. And tonight, on behalf of the multitudes who will never have the opportunity to stand before you as I have and tell you their stories, I say thank you. God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. You are making a difference, and it is people like me that make it what you're doing fruitful, beneficial, and this ministry must go on. Thank you, and God bless. Ten. Fourteen. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? The Gideons have been sent. And we thank them. Gideons simply distribute Bibles. They ship most of them personally. To be a Gideon is to pay your dues. They're buying most of the Bibles, and everything we give to them, they turn around and buy more Bibles. They do take donations from non-Gideons, so remember that. Their priority is simply getting the gospel into people's hands, so then God can use his word to save lost people. Because God's word is what saves people. Not Gideon's. It's God's word. Uh, do you want to be a part of that? We have any men here today who are interested in signing up? Who would like, anybody need Mr. Hoff Summer to stay after? You need to talk to him? Anybody interested in being a Gideon? Any of, the, any of you guys? Anybody? There's one. There's another one. Anybody interested in being a Gideon? You got to stay a few minutes. We got a couple guys who want to talk to you. The rest of you dudes, talk to your wives. They probably want you to be a Gideon. I should have seen way more elbows thrown during that look. Um, we need people to step up and dedicate their lives. Here's how we share the gospel with our mouth. <laughs> 
need to know the formula. We need to know God, man, Christ's response. We need to share it. If you're not good at that, then use your hands and hand people the gospel through tracts and through Bibles. That's the work of a Gideon, but also with our money. We hand the Gideons our money, and they do it. They go into the prisons. They go into the schools. If you're too busy, it's just not your calling, support them. If you're a regular giver at our church, I want you to know about 25% of everything that we bring in as a church, 25% goes out to benevolence and to ministries, missionaries like the Gideons. Um, we want to be a gospel church. And if we don't share the gospel, hand out the gospel, or support those who are doing that, then we are not a gospel church and you are not a gospel Christian. Do something to share your faith or help somebody else do it. Amen. Thank you, Norma, for your testimony. She wouldn't have married Bruce if he wasn't a Gideon, by the way. I'm not joking. That was a requirement. She wanted a man who was already in there, she, who, who, <laughs> who could absorb the elbow and take it. Uh, uh, Cameron, Ethan, I need your help. Come up here, boys. do our best uh, make sure I get you my check we got a, the church is writing you a check not you it's not it doesn't say Mr. Hopsummer it says Gideon's all right so don't get don't get crazy on me here um, let's pray stand with me and let's pray <clears throat>
Thank you, God, that your word does not return void when it comes from your mouth. Thank you for speaking to all of us. All of us in this room have benefited from your word being written down, copied, preserved, and preached. Thank you, God, for making sure your word got to us. Don't let it die with us. God forbid that the gospel would stop here. Make us a people, a conduit, a vessel to share who you are, to share your word with our mouths, with our hands, and with our money. Help us to promote the gospel with everything we are to prove that we do love you, Lord, with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And we really do love our neighbors enough to share the gospel. As we pray, God, show us what we can do to further the gospel. Convict us of the people we know we need to talk to. Convict us of the good works we need to do to our neighbors and lay it upon our hearts how we can support other people to serve, to give, to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head down I will sing of the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God and all my life you have been faithful all my I will see.
verses for today from Matthew 28 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>